Hey, it did ya. Yeah, hey, Maria. To have you here. It's great. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on my show. You know, it feels great to have, you know, a hasid, um, a lover on my show, you see? You know. Yeah. I tried to contact many hasidim, you see. The first guy was uh, Mayor Thompson. Yeah, uh, more popularly known as Mayor K. You know, I tried to contact him and tried to invite him. Yeah, I did. You see, I messaged him, but he was like, you know, he replied to all my other comments, but to this podcast thing, he was like, he was, you know, quiet. He was mum. And I was like, bummed of that. You know, it is like that, you know, many, it is it, just not this Mayor K. It was Ben Friedman and uh, Pellin. and at last I gave up. You know they are just um, celebrity kind of guys, and it's you know this celebrity thing, not answering to you know the comments, you know the requests of these guys, you know fans, and at last I gave up, and was glad to have a Hasid on my show. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here, um, but we just need to clear up a few things. Uh, so now, and, and, and again, I, I'm just trying to be forward and I'm just trying to be honest, okay? Um, okay. You, you, you recognize, you consider yourself a Messianic Jew, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're a Messianic Jew. So Messianic Jew was a movement made in the 70s by people who aren't Jewish but decide to take upon themselves the Jewish customs and still believe in Yeshua as the Messiah, correct? Oh, uh, I, I, well, I don't see this 1970 thing, but uh, we. Have I'm just saying it started. It, you, this is your words, not mine. That's all I'm saying. I'm using your words, not mine. Oh, oh okay. You, you told me 70s. You told me the 1970s. It was a movement from the 70s, right? Yeah, but yeah, it was. So all... Yeah, can you? Well, no, it's it's true. It's true. It, this has been so. Historically speaking, this has always been something where, you know, original Christians were Jewish. They were, they were Jewish and they were practicing Judaism and they believed in, you know, uh, Yoshua, as you call it. But yeah. uh, Jews of today, we don't we don't do that. We we don't even accept those people as as Jews. That's just how it is. Um, we can get into the semantics of it. We can get into the biblical reasons behind it. Um, but I just have to put that out there that that for a I'm a, I'm a Hasidic Jew and unfortunately I, I I appreciate your enthusiasm about Judaism I listen to your podcast they're very interesting very informative um but there is there is a, a a difference and I just have to put that out there before we we continue because I think that's why a lot of people don't want to go on the podcast because they don't want to they don't want to offend but they don't want to be put on the spot you know what I mean yeah yeah thank you for that thing well We've been excommunicated from mainstream Judaism thousands of years ago. But well, it's no use talking about it now. Well, now I am like baptism, you know, just messianic Judaism. But uh, there's nothing like, uh, you know, I you know, like Orthodox or something like that. No, nothing. I'm just, you know, a messianic Jew. I don't say that I'm like these Catholic guys or Protestants because I do not share their beliefs. It's like that. You know, we practice Judaism and profess Yeshua. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I understand that. 
and I, I totally understand what, what you're, where, you're, where you're coming from. So I, I don't, I reject the idea of Yeshua. Um, I yeah, reject yeah. all of his teachings. I reject everything that he is and, and, and to the core of him. Uh, that's just. Yeah. The yeah. main thing is throwing a sham with love. That's it. That's the main thing, right? Well, actually, though, yeah. No, it's true. We'd all, it would be nice for all of us to get along. And I agree with that. I agree with that. The, yeah. the problem is that everyone thinks there's only one way to do things and it's my way or the highway. Yeah, that's a free problem. You know, I, I just believe that all Jews are God's people and no one will be destroyed. You know, there are some Messianics who preach that, you know, Messianics will go to heaven, you know, God, uh, you know, for eternity and all the others will be damned to hell. And that's false, you know. Yeah, no, it, 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 it it's so in, 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 in Jewish, in Jewish culture and, and in Jewish, I guess, storyline, um, yeah. you know, when, when the Messiah comes, cause he hasn't come yet, according to Judaism, um, yeah. when the Messiah comes, then the world will be one. Everyone, everyone yeah. will be together as one, you know, there, there'll be pure achtus as they call it in Hebrew. Um, and I oh. think, I think the world's getting there. I think with the internet, I think the internet's really, really opening a lot of people's minds and eyes and ears. And they're really oh, yeah. starting to question everything. And they're all realizing that we're all together. We're, we're, we have different ways of doing things. Like how many ways are there to cook a brisket? You know? Oh, um, yeah. So there's so I think I understand. So I think it's just going to be, people are going to understand that there are so many flavors in the world, but we all say the same thing. Just don't be a cunt, you know, don't be mean. Don't be cruel. Don't be somebody who, who, you know, puts others down, just be a decent human being in this world to elevate it, to make it a better place. Yes. So let's just, you know, put aside this religious thing. Yeah. Let's... So, no, not, not that for, uh, see, you know, I've always been curious about Chabad. So I, I just wanted to learn about this, you know, Chabad Lubavitchers, picture a man with a fedora hat and a payas and a Hasidic guard with sixes and all that stuff. So just can you just explain me how uh, Chabad began and what are his beliefs, you know, and the fundamentals of Chabad? And I can, in many I see these portraits of Rebbe. You know, one portrait is of a man with a big beard Another is an old man and a fedora So you want to know? You want to know about Lubavitch and why do we look the way we do? Yeah. Okay. So Hasidim in general happened in the 1700s by the Baal Shem Tov, who started the Hasidic movement. Uh, it was based in Kabbalah, and it was uh, really focusing on trying to have the common man feel like he can connect to God. Um, because originally, it was based around only the scholars can really connect to God, and the common man just has to struggle his whole life, and he has real no, no real connection. And the Baal Shem Tov started focusing on uh, saying that our, our actions really have a lot of power, and that if we dress a certain way, if we act a certain way, if we you know, do certain things, it elevates this world, even if it seems like it's mundane, it, it, it can be very holy. 
Um, and he had a lot of followers. And one of his followers was the Mittler Rebbe. And the Mittler Rebbe had a, had a follower called the Alter Rebbe. And the Alter Rebbe, and it went so on and so forth, where the Alter Rebbe was the, uh, the beginning of Lubavitch. And yeah. I hope I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, ruining the, ruining the timeline. I just I'm doing everything from memory. I'm not looking anything up. Um, okay. So it all kind of carried on from one Rebbe to another, spreading the Hasidus of Lubavitch. And Lubavitch Hasidus is a little different from Breslov or Satmer. It's just having to do with the rules and perspective of life. Um, yeah. And then, then in the, the, the 1951, I think, uh, the, the present Rebbe, um, he started... He, Rebbe Menachem, right? Yes, Mendel Schneerson. Mm-hmm. He, okay. he, he, he was the one that really felt that we should be more involved in the world and not be so isolated. Um, and that's why he started the idea of tefillin campaigns in the 60s, where um, a, lot of his, a lot of his followers would go out and put tefillin on, on, on Jews who have never put on tefillin. Now, uh, for those of you listeners that are interested to know what tefillin are, um, they're religious phylacteries. And for those of you who don't know what religious phylacteries are, it's those, see those Jews with those boxes on them, on their head and their hands? That's called tefillin. Um, I have tefillin. Yeah. So, um, basically, he started this whole movement where yeah. he wanted the Hasidim mm-hmm. to really elevate this world by showing something called Avas Hina, which tr- literally translates to free love, but it's really supposed to be of loving your fellow as you love yourself, no matter what, no matter who. Because, yeah. because the, 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 the second temple was destroyed because of sinaschina, which was senseless hate. Um, yes. So in order to you know, correct the wrong, we do avaschina, where we love people for who they are, and we do what we can to elevate this world. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, like you, know, you know that Benny Friedman song, Iri Anoichi? Oh, yeah, Iri Anoichi, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I in that, uh, this Mirke guy just stops his truck and uh, just stops a man that is, you know, riding his bicycle and just stops him and ties Devlin to his hand and makes him pray. Like, you know, I'm just like, hey, he's going on his way and this guy's stopping him and making him pray. Oh, that's good. That makes sense. Like, you know, you're told now that these guys, you know, you know, Bobichers, you know, you know, putting on Teflon to uh, those guys who never put Teflon. That makes sense. Well, it's, it's about, it's, and, and, and a lot of times I've heard people say, like, I explained to parts of Judaism and they say, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. But it's not really yeah. supposed to make sense. You're supposed to just do it because, because God told you to do it. Um, okay. Yeah. It's a very, it's very interesting because it's like there, there's one, there, there, there's an act where it's the, the para aduma. Are you familiar with the para aduma? No. So the para aduma means the red heifer that when the Messiah comes, we will have. Oh, a... yeah. I mean, we know that. Red heifer. Red heifer. Okay, yeah. So, it, so, it, so in, in Hebrew, it's called para aduma. Okay. So the, so the biggest question is why do we do it? Yeah. And the real. It's a sacrifice, right? You, you, the whole point is that you could break it down as much as you can, end of the day. We'll never know. Like, why does it make oh. us? Why, 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 why does when you burn 
the ashes of the para when you burn the 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 body of the para duma and you take the ashes and you go ahead you that's how people get purified like yeah why why does that purify well the point is you don't know it's 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 at a higher level of understanding of, of that you're 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 accepting a higher level of understanding it's similar to you know what do you need to know it's like this yeah when you have somebody who's like who's an atheist they say well why should i believe in god well that's that's your personal yeah. choice that that's just how it is but if i was to explain yeah. to you you know that the correlation it would be like going on a train and you say well oh. i i haven't seen the conductor i don't know anything about the train so therefore i'm not going to go on it yeah well it's simply stupid it's it's not it's not stupid it's just because because I, I try to refrain from saying like stupid things like that where it's like you're, you're just it's just fear they don't want to be controlled they feel like they're the ones that are only ones in control and that if anyone else tells them otherwise it it, it scares them yeah uh, well you see you know, I talked about Hasidim right now like uh, Chabad you see, with um, a fedora head, but I've seen many Hasidim, like the Polish Hasidim and uh, the Perushim of Jerusalem, you know, there were these foreheads, shrimals. Well, why don't these Chabad Hasidim wear shrimals? Because the Lubavitcher Rebbe, uh, Rabbi Rachman Oshnerson, didn't wear a shrimal. He wore a fedora hat. Oh, so is there anything wrong i mean no. you see and there's nothing wrong with it okay like you know i've seen this mendy pellin in his music videos shake it off and uh talk Yiddish to me he wore a shrimal you see and this barry weber too wears a shrimal in rabbi shimon Bar yochai yeah song it's just it's just preferences honestly it's not as intense as you as you think it is it's really simple. It's just a preference. It's just a preference. Okay. You could do whatever you want. It's just a preference. But the preference oh. has to mean a lot to you in order for you to be willing to do it. That's the point. Well, um, you know, discussing about this Mendy Pellin, it reminds me that uh, Mendy Pellin is your friend, right, on Facebook? Uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I've, I've met him a few times. Oh, so you know him personally? Um, I wouldn't call oh, him personally. I don't know him. I don't know him that well. I've met him a few times, oh. but I, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go ahead and, and and put words in my mouth. I've I've met him a few times, and I'm friends with him on Facebook. That's it. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, let's get into something. You know, religious thing, and get into your. Is something around us, like you know, I've seen many Hasidim, like you know, uh, many Hasidim that I know, like Benny Friedman, he's from St. Paul, Minnesota. He just came to Grand Heights, and this Mayor K is from Connecticut, he came to Grand Heights. This Colorado guy, Mandy Palin, took uh, came to Grand Heights, like. You know, is there something like in Chabad, like you should make an aliyah to uh, Brooklyn? <laughs> um, you know, it's it's funny you say that, but it's it's so 
the point of Judaism in this world, the reason why we're here in this world is to elevate it. Yeah. And to elevate the locations, the places, the things, the physicality of this world by being as Jewish as possible in the furthest parts of the, uh, of the land. So when we get removed from one place and go to another place, we are supposed to yeah. elevate it. So okay. Crown Heights is the place that when Rabbi Rachman Schneerson, when he left Europe with his, uh, with his yeah. father-in-law, they, needed, they yeah. were looking for a place to live. And they realized yeah. that Crown Heights, it's a very, in, in their, their mind, they noticed that, that there's a level of, of holiness in Crown Heights. Okay. So, so they found that place to be somewhat chosen by God, something like that? Uh, happenstance, so to speak. It's because they, this, this is from, from their words. It's because it's called Crown Heights. It's because it's, it's about kingship. And it's very important for Lubavitchers to, to, to live there because of, of the, the holiness that, that it has been, been brought down there, and we're there to elevate it. So Crown Heights does have a level of, of holiness, but it's, it's not like, you, what, like what you think. I, I know when, when, oh. when, when people like you and, everyone, and, and, and Christians and Catholics, you know, when you say holy, they think of all these big, you know, to do, and it's really very simple. A holy thing is oh. just, it's there because you can see the purity of godliness. Oh. So, well, uh, in some of the minds of this goyim, like, you know, Catholics, it's No, like, it's okay. Look, um, look, by the way, I need, I, need, I, need a, I, need, I need to really iterate, and, and this is something that I feel like a lot of people don't get. The word guy yeah. means nation. Yeah, I know and that. And so I, I know, I just, for your listeners to understand, because... I try, I, try to, I try to translate as much as I can on my podcast. So, like, we're talking about, we're discussing things that are a little more, you know, in-depth. So, people might be a little, you know, confused or not knowing. So, I try to educate, educate the listener. So, Gai means nation. And Yidin are Gaim among Gaim. Nations among nations. So, in order to differentiate verbally, to be like, oh, that person who's, uh, who's not Jewish, we use the term guy, but it's it's a very uh, in today's world. It's, what? It's today's world is like um, uh, many like uh, you know goyim is Hebrew for Gentile. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's it it, it means yeah. a nation. It does not mean Gentile. Yeah. It means nation. Yeah. This is why. So, this is why. By I, the way, this is why other people didn't want to that what you were talking about didn't want to go on your podcast because. We'll explain something, and we want to make sure that our word is heard and not distorted. So yeah. I don't mind explaining things, talking things, but I'm telling you from my sources that have been around for the past 4,000 years of what I've been taught and going to all these schools, and I'm telling you what it is, and I don't want to be – I'm not going to be taken out of context. I'm telling you what it is, and I'm explaining it to you what it is. It just means nation, and it shouldn't mean anything. People should not be offended by it, and people should not be taking it derogatory. If you if you want to, that's yeah, your yeah. personal problem that you have with your mother. I don't know. Okay, so back to the point. Like you know, I was talking about you were talking about holiness, right? Yes. And uh, these many Protestants, they think that holiness is something you know belongs to God, and 
when you you know try to Hashem uh, you know holiness you'll be killed you know you'll be burned to death well no, see, that is that is level uh, of truthness to that that there's a there's a level to see. it that it's so holy you can't go near it like it's it's yeah. for instance like um, Jews don't say the full name of J Witness because it's yeah. a very holy name. You don't disrespect it. You don't go ahead and, and tell the world about it like that. You 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 keep it very. You know you've got to get to keep it holy. Just like just just like yeah. sex is a very holy act. It creates a child. It's a very yeah. holy, beautiful act. But if you do it yes. everywhere all the time, post videos up on it. You you take away the holiness yeah. from it, you know. Yeah. Okay, I I understand. So you see, um, an example of this is recorded in the Bible, like you know, uh, the sons of Aaron, you know, step into the holy place with a strange fire and they are burned to death. You know, Hashem burns down, burns them down. Well, it's not that. That's not what happened. They weren't burnt. They weren't well, burnt to death. What happened? what happened was was that they were drunk, and they wanted to give incense to God, and they became so connected yeah. to God, to God, their souls left their body. It's like the love of God is so strong, you don't care about anything but Hashem, but God. So your soul leaves oh. your body and clings to God. It's a very intense okay. love. It's extremely intense love. Oh. Um, okay, so I've heard about Hasidim, like, uh, you know, their ideology is like serving Hashem with joy. You know, that's why they, uh, many people say that, that's why they always try to, you know, sing and dance and all that stuff. Is that, that is true? very true, yes. Serve Hashem with joy, that is extremely true. Oh, and, you know, I saw a video, like, uh, on a channel you know it's uh, the new york times or something and there's something about the kabad lubovitchers and they're like going about in the whole town you know just dancing and singing and everybody was like you know just ignoring them i just felt bad like they were no trying to... don't worry about it because the beauty of it is you know what it is when things are very important it's yeah. very hard to be recognized, and uh, and this is a, a, there's a you know what a mushal is. No. A mushal is a story, and that has a lesson into it, like Aesop's fables. But some stories are true, some stories are not, and it, you just have to accept the story for what it is and understand the lesson. So there is a rabbi, yeah. and 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 I'm going to use English terms, but you're going to have to understand that we don't believe in Satan the way you think Satan is. Satan is an angel yeah. that works for God. Yeah, we know that. His name is some Lucifer. Yes, but he's not a fallen angel. He's a, he, he still works for him, and he's there to, to, he's there to be critical of the world. Oh, well, we can see that in the book of Job. We see uh, Satan goes to you know the congregation of angels and just try to accuse Job yes. of something. And like, you know, uh, you just test him. You just take away all the property he has and, and know how faithful... Yes. So there was a rabbi that was walking with Satan and Satan took this rabbi yeah. to a marketplace and he showed him in a marketplace. There was really disgusting maggot meat filled meat being being sold for very expensive. And everyone was running to get Whoa. the meat. Everyone was running to buy it. 
And then he showed him a, a, a store right next to the other meat store selling very high quality meat for super, super cheap. And no one's buying it. And Satan told the rabbi, that mm. is the way of the world. That when something, so, yeah. so when, when I see people, especially the Babacher, singing and dancing and no one's doing anything, it reminds me of that story. Yeah. That story of like, that's oh, just, yeah. the, it's the way of the world. You're not going to see it. You just want to see yeah. negative. You just want to see all the, all, all the horrible things in life. And you don't know how to look at the silver lining or see the reality. Yeah. So I heard this concept of Rahmana. What is that? It, you know, begging, you know, pleading God for mercy, you know, asking for forgiveness. Uh, you know, a great emphasis, you know, uh, importance is, you know, given to this Rahmana in Hasidim. Just, can you tell me what this so, is? So Rahmana is Rahman, Rahman, Rahmana means, means mercy. So yeah. it's just. It's not the mercy that you think. Again, like the translations to English, to Greek, it's very saddening because um, that's when, when, when the Old Testament, when the Torah was being forced, to tr being translated to Greek, it was a day of mourning because they knew that everything is going to be distorted, that the perspective is going to be distorted, that no one's going to understand what was going on. So... That's yeah. why I'm here to educate and I'm, I'm here to educate people because we have the internet nowadays, you know, like there's tons of real information, tons of false information, and I'm going to do as best as I can. You know, I'm not perfect, but I'll do the best as I can to explain things. Rahamana yeah. means mercy. It means yeah. understanding Hashem's mercy from the actions we have done in this world that weren't. I guess, say would be the best. So you, yeah, somewhat exactly. Bad. It's we don't. Oh, we we try not to say bad. We try. We just try to say not good. We try to stay away yeah. from really tough negative words. They're, it's very, it's very damaging to the soul and to the to the mind when you use very negative words. Yes. Be very careful. Okay. So that's really what it is. It's it's. There, there's more to it, but it's it's going to take. Uh, we're at 26 minutes right now. It's going to take another five hours, and I won't even be able to scratch the surface. Oh yeah, just go about the surface. It's just it's just the mercy that Hashem has on us, and and the glory of Hashem. That's that's all I can say. Oh yeah. So now let's try to shift from this spiritual thing to something. Worldly. I mean, not really that uh, kind of thing, but just, you know, about, you know, the communities of, you know, Jews living all, uh, all around the world. Well, can you just describe me what these are, you know, like, um, you know, in the movie, you see the musical Fiddler on the Roof. We can see, you know, the Milkman Tevye. And is that what you call a shtetl or there's something more? So that's, that's a shtetl. That's a story of the shtetl. Um, it's a very famous shtetl story. But that was, that was like yeah. Western, Eastern European. Eastern European? Western European. I think it's Eastern, it's Eastern European. Um, it was set in yeah, so it's so it's in Ukraine, so it's Eastern European culture, and because what happened was was that Jews weren't allowed to own land, 
Jews weren't allowed to really prosper yeah. because of the laws that were there. And they were forced to live in ghettos and forced to live in these shtetls as well. Um, yeah. And luckily, thank God, we, we, we don't have things like that right now. But we yeah. also still have a level of camaraderie amongst, amongst our fellow Jews that a Jew is a Jew is a Jew no matter who. And this level of love we have yeah. for each other, and then that's what kind of creates a camaraderie and a a community. And we wind up being in, you know, a very tight knit community, no matter where we are. Yeah. So in YouTube, I've seen you know many, you know many Jews like the Sephardic Jews and the Mizrahi Jews trying to contradict. Uh, the okay, so I have you to know, stop you there. Video... I have to stop you there. Again, it's not a contradiction. Okay, it's yeah, not yeah. a contradiction. There are different flavors of the same bubblegum. We're, we're all the same. We have just different flavors of it. There is no contradiction. There is no yeah. conflict. There are discussions okay. and there are arguments, but we are all together as one and there is no contradiction. Okay, all are just united under one same Thank tree. You. Yeah, so you know there are some different opinions about how the third temple will be built. You know, in a survey, you know, in um, just you know, uh, random, you know, by interviewing random people in Israel, not me, but someone else. I saw, I seen this in YouTube. Uh, you know, one guy says the temple is in Shemaim in heaven and it will just descend upon the earth when that is the true. Mashiach comes. And well, there's something called uh, the Temple Institute now and yes. it's trying to build everything, you know, in yes. the temple. You know, there's many ways to reality. Oh. There's many realities at the same time. That's the thing you have to understand. There, have yeah. you heard of parallel universes? Parallel so, yeah. so this this whole world is in parallel universes. Whatever you believe in exists oh. for what it for what it does. Okay. So, well, I myself as a messianic believe that um, there's a temple up there in heaven, uh, but you know I just can't understand uh, when the temple will come when the deliverance comes. Uh, then why are these temple institute people trying to, you know, build all the things required for the temple, like, you know, the menorah and, you know, the table of showbread? And okay, so what that is, is bringing spirituality into physicality, elevating this world by bringing, yep. bringing the reality here. So by showing and being able to do it shows that, that it can come to existence. Oh. So, you know, uh, with menorah, I just came, you know, uh, it just came into remembrance. Like in our synagogues, we use something called a nertamid. Yes, I'm familiar with nertamid. Yeah, well, lasting light. So it's the nertamid is, you know, uh, you know, a replica of uh, the menorah or something. Well, different. to be honest, uh, Lubavitch doesn't hold really by the nertamid. It's not that hold by it. It's just that the Lubavitcher Rebbe yeah. didn't want it, didn't didn't argue with it. It's it's a it's a real, yeah. it's a it's a real argument back and forth about Neretamid. 
but in the nighttime, it's supposed to be the everlasting light. Um, so yeah, so, yeah. so it is correct that like, I would say that, it, that it would have to do with a menorah because there, there was one main menorah in the temple, but there were many other menorahs that weren't the main menorah, which is why, which yes. so, you were going to say, oh, sure. No, nothing. Okay. Just so, come. which is why if you look at, uh, Titus's arch, you see that there's a rounded yeah. menorah. It's rounded. Oh yeah, um, Jerusalem being attacked and destroyed and all Correct. that, right? Correct. So there are there are, you know, explanations that say that they just that they did not take the real menorah. They took one of the side menorahs in the temple. That the real menorah is is hidden away and it's actually shaped like a V. Oh. Or oh, like the menorahs that are made now. Have you seen? Have you seen some? Yeah. Have you seen the V menorahs? Yes. There's the round menorahs and the V menorahs. Yeah. And there's a there's. And you know the Mumbai Chabad of Mumbai. You know they made they made a Correct. V-shaped menorah. I saw that. Um. Yeah. So, you know you it's you say it's. Yeah. I was saying something. I couldn't hear you. What did you say? You say the menorah is hidden. Yes. Right? Oh, just like, you know, the Oran HaKodesh, the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the Holy Ark. Yes, that is correct. It, it, it is hidden, and, and hopefully God will reveal it to us. Oh, so there are some theories like uh, the Ark of the Covenant is hidden away in Ethiopia. Is, uh, is it I don't true? know. You Honestly, know, as, you. I, I, from what I can tell, I don't know. Um, it could be. It could. It, it, it might. Um, it's. It's. There's no way to tell until it actually happens. Until the Messiah, until the Messiah comes. And uh, you know, there there's a documentary about the Ark of the Covenant in Ethiopia. You know, I watched that. You know, hoping that they would, you know, show us the Ark. And it was like I watched it till the end, but they didn't even bring brass near to it. So I just, uh, you know, went on, you know, arrived upon this conclusion that the Babylonians might have, you know, destroyed it, you know, or it is hidden away somewhere and no one knows. Well, what I have heard is that King Solomon created hidden, you know, hidden compartments in the temple that when the temple was being invaded to be destroyed, that there were latches that brought it down underneath the temple mount, and that it might be underneath the temple, the temple, uh, the temple mount underneath the dome of the rock. Yeah. So you still believe that you, uh, the Shekhinah or the divine presence is still near the Ark of the Covenant, even if it is, you know, under uh, the Ark. The Shekhinah is everywhere, bro. Oh, so you believe that. Oh, I too believe that God's presence is everywhere, but you know, near the ark, it's like a forceful. You know, someone goes near it. You know, with sin, with uncleanness, they're just, you know, they just. Uh, it's not about being sin or uncleanliness. It's that you you have to show the proper mm-hmm. amount of respect, um, and it's not that you'll 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 die. It's just that it's you've got to understand the level of of. It's called kavod, really. Respect isn't even a good enough word for it. 
It's called Kavod. You have to show the level of uh, of Kavod. And there is a uh, there is a, this 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 thing feeling that you have to when you're standing in front of a king who has the power of life and death in your hands. It's it's respectful to dress appropriately, to act appropriately, to be appropriate. And God's all over in this world, and therefore you must act appropriately at all times. Yeah. So, um, you know, this belief, you know, of the Shekhinah is everywhere in the world. You know, it was rejected by the Sadducees uh, back in the first century. You see, the this I, I believe this uh, the descendants of these Sadducees are the Karaite Jews of the modern world. Well, can you just tell me uh, why these Karaite Jews refuse, you know, rabbinic Judaism or uses of you know using to fill in the mezuzah and well, all that well, stuff. what it was is the the Tzadukis, they took the Bible literally and they didn't want the rabbis to be in charge but the reality is, is that's kind of the rules anyways when it comes to the the torah is that you have the torah shepik sav the written torah and you have the torah shepal pet which is the oral torah and you need to have that oral tradition and if you don't have the oral tradition then the torah shepik sav can be uh, can be misinterpreted and misunderstood um and it's it's the same battle like the one during times of moshe when it comes to Yisro, where Yisro wanted to take over and he felt jealous of, of Moshe and Aaron and felt that it was, you know, biased opinion. And then Hashem was able to even out the playing field. But it's, it's just, you know, it's just people being people. It's, it's the not understanding the importance of, of, of following your leaders. You know, there's a level to it that you have to follow your leaders. You have to follow the ones that are in charge because they do know better when it comes to when it, in a in a in a idealistic you know world they do know better they do know how to how to take care of you and they do know how to serve god and you have to be understanding of, of their ideas and opinions and once you understand their ideas and opinions and you sit there and you learn then you can become one of them and to be able to elevate this world as well but the the Tzedukim didn't want that they wanted to overthrow the 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 sanhedrin they didn't want have anything to do with them um and they wanted to start a, a whole new version of Judaism. And you unfortunately, you can't have that. You can't have that level of chaos, especially when you're trying to, you know, create, stick with, with, with the Jewish state from the, from the year, what, like, what, like a thousand? I'm trying to remember the, the, the exact year, but I, 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 it, it escapes me. Um, but yeah, that's really how, how it goes. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, these Karai Jews, you know, I heard that these guys uh, just take off their, you know, sandals or shoes which, uh, they're wearing before entering into the synagogue. And they don't use these chairs, benches and pews. Uh, well, I've never seen anything in the Torah like, you know, you, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you just have to. Uh, have nothing on your feet, you know, in the presence of Hashem. Uh, is there something like so, that? Yeah, so it's, it's funny you mention it. It's because this is what I was saying before, that you have, you know, the oral traditions, not just the written traditions that you have yeah. to follow. And you have to, you, have, you do have to take off your mm -hmm. feet and take off your shoes. But that has to do with the Kohanim, the priests that serve in the temple. 
Oh yeah. So it's like now there are many Gohan, like there are many Gohanim now, you know, who are not active, like you know, serving in the temple. There's nothing like that. But isn't there something in Judaism like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, rabbinic Judaism, like you know, you know, showing your respect towards Hashem by, you know, taking off your shoes, like you know, you see Moses, Moshe. You know, when he went to the burning bush, it's like uh, Hashem ordered him to take his sandals off. So what does that well, mean? Well, he had to take his sandals off because that, that, that parcel of land was holy. It was very holy. So we had oh. to take his sandals so, off. Uh, oh, so then we, in a synagogue, we enter into divine presence. You know, I know that divine presence is everywhere, but in the synagogue, it's like, extremely holy and like that so i've seen many hasidim like you know even me uh, and you know i just go into the shul with my shoes on it's funny it's it's, funny you say that by the way because in the middle east jews don't do that jews take off their shoes it's because it's it's because of european it's european culture and influence that why you wind up you know, having situations where there there are levels of, of European culture that Ashkenazi Jews have taken upon themselves. So that's why they, that's what we have. We, are, we yeah. wear shoes in shul. But but there are Jews yeah. in uh, Jews in Iran don't wear shoes in shul. OK, so you you say uh, the Torah when it comes to the Torah scrolls, the Ashkenazi have just a Torah mantle, and these Sephardic Jews have a separate Torah case. Well, is there something like you know why they use a case and the Ashkenazim use uh, uh, a brisket, mantle? baby? The different ways to do a brisket. Um, it has to do with preservation. Okay. It has to do with the culture. It has to do with the the environment that it was in. Um, it has to do with persecution. Uh, it has to do with celebration. And it has with different rabbinians feelings towards one way or another of, of what was the right thing to do, but it's really a preference. Um, and I understand I, I understand what you're what you're what you're asking, uh, but it's it's basically it's you know it's the preference of the Sparty Minhagen. That's it's the beauty of it all. Like that's 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 Spartan. Okay. That's what they do. What? Oh, so. Uh, you you see, uh, you know Breslau Judaism, right? Rabbi Nachman and all that. I'm here. I'm listening. Hey. Oh yeah. See, uh, you yes. know about these Rabbi Nachman and the Breslau Judaism. So uh, once uh, it came, uh, I saw this Mir K video about you know Rosh Hashanah Uman, and there I saw uh, you know. A Torah, you know, uh, Torah's case, you know, I was like perplexed. Hey, these Ashkenazim, why are they using the, uh, you know, uh, I can understand it now. It's for, uh, you know, preference. You know, they were like dancing with a Torah case in their hands and hey, it feels good. Like, you know, the Torah dedication. You understand that?
um hey guys um we're back like this is our episode say i've been schmoozing with saria um a lubavitcher hasir and it feels great yeah in about 10 or 5 minutes it was going to end but there came some internet problem and uh well but enjoy this podcast and saria is you know the host of jewish boy calls his mother podcast he you know he schmoozes with his mother ima and uh, to tell you there are very good do and the podcast is just incredible you know talking schmoozing this about this and that and i tell you it's really great and well that's all for now see you in the coming episodes if you like what you listen then please just subscribe bye